This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and an executive coach, and today I am delighted to welcome Christy Garcia to the show. Christy is the founder of Mindful Choice Leadership Academy, and she will discuss how you can maximize success by managing your ego. Christy, welcome. Thank you, Caroline. I'm so excited to be on your show and to uh, visit with your audience. Uh, Well, thank you. I am thrilled. And I asked your permission to to bring up this rather personal um, catalyst that happened in your life, which was really scary. Uh, And I want to get our conversation started there. In 2009, you had a a life-changing fall from a 30-foot fire escape Thank goodness you walked away without any physical damage. But as you say, this was a huge reality check to start living your next chapter of life and career. So tell us a bit about that and how that really was a catalyst for a new beginning for you. Yeah, you know, I think that was the the start of my own self-awareness journey and reality to how that ego truly impacts um, our, our world as a whole and without us even knowing it. So basically I was, um, you know, had a quick, uh, walk with my dog, fell 30 feet fast forward. And we, I had to realize that, wow, I one had about two weeks that I couldn't take care of myself. And that was really hard for me as an individual who, um, who was ambitious. I was a businesswoman. I, you know, was conquering the world. I was taking it on and I was happy. I was, living this dream of, I want to say the perfect life on paper. It was. And when I had to stop long enough to slow down, what I realized was that I really didn't have the fulfillment that I thought I did. And so with that curiosity, I really started to look into, um, what that was. I was on the phone with my coach at the time. I was already starting my business mindful choice, but I was in medical sales, um, as a sales rep and, I remember going through hospital rooms and talking to people when they would uh, be on their deathbed and I couldn't understand why they were by themselves. And I just wanted to get curious. Why are you here alone? You know what? I would sit with them at lunchtime. And one of the most common things I heard was I just, I worked really hard and I didn't make time for my family. And I heard that over and over and over again. And most of them were male in their sixties. And I was like, oh, that's such a sad story. You know, it's just, it's really unfortunate. Well, when I fell and I had this call with my coach two weeks later, I had this moment where I just started bawling and I didn't even know why. And it was really actually terrifying. But when I stopped long enough to get curious why I was, you know, doing this major cry fest, um, I realized that I was actually really lonely. Even though I had all these friends and I had this amazing career and I was traveling the world, and I was doing all these fun things because my ego had me moving so fast. And because I was so wrapped up in all the good stuff that was going on, I never really consciously stopped and said, am I happy? Is this really what I want? Is this going to be on my 10-year plan? Um, And I really was just going through the motions. And just because I was happy in that moment and things were good doesn't mean it was supporting that long-term plan of mine. And that really is when it um, hit me and dawned on me that my ego, the unconscious brain, was going to make me end up being in the hospital by myself, just like those most of the men um, at the time. And I realized there's a lot of us women out there. There's a lot of us that are working so hard to prove ourselves to you know, get the career that we forget to take care of ourselves and make sure we have happiness and fulfillment in our personal life as well. 
I hear so often, I love my career though. I love working so hard and it's amazing. I do too. And at the end of the day, if you get sick, if we have an accident, if we lose someone we love, our career does not matter if we're not, you know, fulfilled in that personal life as well. And so I really started to dig deep into my own um, egos, started to understand that I have this controller ego and this protector ego that keeps me emotionally unavailable, but completely happy and fulfilled with my, my career that I wanted to figure out how do I get to find that emotional availability and fulfillment in my life and my personal relationships as well. And then I started um, building out the Mindful Choice Leadership Academy so people can live a very successful business life and personal life and really have the whole package. Christy, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story. That that really means a lot. And there's such relatability there. And I, I know so many women and, and men suffer from the enjoying their careers, but sacrificing their lives. And I'm I'm in your camp. And, and I my aha now is enjoy your career and love your right life. It doesn't have to be yeah. one or the other. There's a way Absolutely. to do it together. But I want to honor your expertise because you say that your superpower is helping clients identify and manage their ego in real time. Mm -hmm. So put that hat on and help us understand what are, you call them the three egos and and how do they show up in in our life and our work? Where do we get started if we're a novice at approaching the ego? Yes. So the egos are in every single one of us. You know, tr- traditionally, we think of the ego as the, the jerk in the room, you know, the latter arrogant person. Um, the ego can be quiet and passive. It can be the one that holds us back from speaking our truth. It's also our strengths. It could be the one that makes us um, cool, calm, and collected under pressure and caring and empathetic or the driver that gets us all to the finish line. So what I want to really reiterate is that these egos are both uh, good and bad. It's all of us, and they're deeply ingrained into our belief system. They start at a very young age, um, two to three years old. We usually start to develop and recognize that these egos are there to protect us at one point in our life. Unfortunately, as we go through life, life circumstances, heartbreaks, um, tragedies, you know, certain situations, they teach us that, you know, if you behave this way, then you're going to get this reward. Um, And so sometimes that helps us when we're kids. And then as we start to get into our adulthood, We start to get into leadership roles, parenting, um, relationships. We realize that, you know what, that ego tactic is really eye-driven. And if we don't learn to shift it, then it keeps us in that I mindset. And so when we need to be a we player, it's really hard for us to shift. And so it can be as simple as um, the complier ego, which is one of the egos. It's the one that, you know, allows us all to care deeply, um, to empathize, to make sure that the people are taken care of on our team as well. But the problem is when the ego is driven in that I motivator, it can sometimes not delegate. It will hold you back from making tough decisions. It makes it really hard to face confrontation or have difficult conversations. And so as we all know, as a leader, those are things that are part of the job. And so really learning how can you do that from that we perspective, make sure everybody's taken care of to reduce some of the drama in your situations, to be able to have the courage to speak up and share your truth and your value without needing that permission, validation, or approval. Um, The protector, which is the second ego, that one is the one that has all of our integrity, our authenticity. It is where our courage lies. Um, It also is where our deep-seated values are. And if we don't honor them, then we can tend to get very um, extreme. And so unfortunately, the protector can come across as very black and white. Um, 
because the protector loves deeply, deeply, deeply. This is where we all usually have our Fort Knox, you know, and our walls built up. And so it either lets people in or lets people out. And unfortunately, as we get older in life, a lot of times the belief systems that the protectors developed over time has now got to a point where it keeps the good people out too. And so we end up on our own island. We often isolate ourselves. Um, so if we're, you know, fighting for something or we're feeling like things aren't right, we typically make everybody else the problem. And so it can come across as very extreme, very confrontational. Um, it can be to where we just, we're difficult to work with or we're super stubborn. Even though when we're in our best self, we are actually the most cool, common collected. We're super grounded. We have this bigger picture um, vision of what needs to happen. And so recognizing that that, that protector is incredibly valuable for all of us, but if it's overused, it can be very, um, very hard to maneuver. Um, and then we've got the controller ego, which is driven by being the best and getting results. And so it's always striving to be better. It's always striving to um, get to the finish line, very competitive, very um, focused on results. And so it's moving fast. You know, they uh, freight train energy, get on the train, get off. I'm going to run you over. It's a really charismatic and engaging and lots of passion is in the controller. Unfortunately, a lot of times the controller will end up at the finish line by themselves. They move too fast. They think too fast and they tend to micromanage over control to feel in control. And a lot of times that's where um, we all fall when we get into those mindsets of things are never good enough. We got to keep pushing forward or I'm the only one that can do this. And we struggle to pass the baton. Um, so that's where the egos are really valuable. And the more we can recognize them in our business, the easier it is to manage the relationships in our world. We all need relationships. Um, personally and professionally, but in the work world, the smoother your relationships are, the more productive, the more successful, and the more time you have to spend in your personal life. And so that's really where we can buy back time is by managing the egos in the room. Christy, I've learned so much from you and I'm eager to unpack these three types of egos when we come back from a quick break. We'll be right back. I'd like to tell you about a special offer if you want to bring your podcast to life or up your podcast game, you can get up to two months of free podcasting service with Libsyn using my special code CDHWORK. The Libsyn team will get your podcast on Apple and Spotify and give you access to critical stats and all the support you need to sound your best and grow your show. Use my special code CDH work. Hiring the right speaker for your event is a tremendous responsibility. You need a speaker who will work within your budget and engage your audience. Whether you're looking to retain or grow top talent, create a healthy workplace culture, or prevent burnout in your organization, I can create customized content to help you recharge, reignite, or reinvent your career. Let's talk about how I can help you achieve your special event goals. Connect with me at carolinedowdhiggins.com. Okay, Christy, so we have complier, protector, and controller egos, three different verticals. How, how, um, 
how might the ego sabotage our success and happiness? Because I learned so much hearing about caring deeply and empathy and in the complier and the protector, love and values and authenticity. I had no idea. So thank you for teaching me. But typically my perception of ego is that it can take you down a dark path. Absolutely. And it can do both, right? If we're overusing our ego, absolutely can sabotage our good intentions. Um, most of the time what happens if you're ever in a conference, uh, conversation, you're like, wait, 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 that wasn't my intention, right? Those words typically means the ego somehow communicated something. It didn't land and the impact wasn't received how you wanted it. And that's, that's usually that unconscious mindset that's communicating for us. And so what that could look like is, you know, for the complier, oftentimes where that unintentional impact would be is maybe if you are one that typically has that dominant complier ego, you're sitting in, let's say a meeting and you really don't like what you're hearing and you know, you have something better to say. And instead you're sitting back and you just, you're double guessing what you should say. You're festering. And the second you leave that off that meeting, you go to the first person that will listen and you'll start complaining about what just happened. And you almost want to rally someone to go fight for you because you didn't have the courage to do it. And so that that's an ego's tactic that holds you back and makes you bite your tongue because you don't want to upset anybody. Um, and so recognizing how, uh, when is that showing up for you? When you can actually uh, recognize that that's an ego's tactic and you have value to speak up. And then what you can learn from that moment is, you know, why am I holding back? And just by being conscious and asking yourself that, you'll recognize that most likely saying, oh, well, you're not good enough or someone's going to make fun of you or it's a really stupid question or it's really not that big of a deal. They're the, they're the boss. They're not going to listen to you anyways, right? And it's usually these stories that don't have a lot of uh, support behind them. It's just mostly excuses. And unfortunately, it silences us in our moments of, um, that we can speak up and have wisdom and value, especially as a leader. If you are in a leadership meeting um, with your leadership team, I guarantee you you're there for a reason. You have value and wisdom to add. And so if you don't have the courage to speak up, you're not showing up as your, your fullest self and you're not offering the value that they hired you for. And so being able to learn to manage that ego back empowers you to speak in those moments. Um, for the protector, where that could be uh, sabotaging for you is maybe in the same meeting, the uh, you offer your advice or two cents and say, hey, this is what I think. Someone questions it. Well, your ego just told you, oh, I told you you weren't right. You need to sit back or you're going to look really foolish. And so again, it either silences you or the, the protector has two sides. It can either go passive and quiet or it can go very loud and aggressive. So someone questions what you're doing and all of a sudden you get into this like rage moment of frustration. It's like, I know what I'm talking about. This is what we're supposed to do. Let's move forward, right? And we start getting into that forceful, aggressive um, communication style. Neither one is right or wrong. It's just a reality of like, you should be aware of that because the impact's probably not going to match what your intention is. And so recognizing um, when that ego is speaking out of turn or speaking from a place of proving itself, proving your worth, proving your value is a really big thing for the, uh, for the protector. And then the controller could be, again, the same person in the room. Uh, they're on their soapbox. My way or the highway, this is the best way to do it. I kind of stopped already listening to everybody, and I'm already moving forward because I'm an A to Z thinker. So they said, you want it done? We're going to go do it, and this is how we're going to do it, right? And so, again, over-controlling a situation or a room without even recognizing that they're not allowing anyone to speak up in that moment. And so... Uh, these behaviors are very, very unconscious. No one sits there and says, you know what? I'm going to sit back and not say anything in a room. 
even in those moments that complier, a lot of times don't even realize that they're doing it. And so bringing that level of attention um, and uh, awareness in those moments is really where the magic happens. Once people start to see these unconscious behaviors, then they can choose to change them. And that's really where that mindful choice comes into play. Um, first, you have to have the self-awareness, then there's the ownership, and then you can manage that ego and actually empower yourself to show up differently. Tell, tell a story, perhaps. You've got this incredible clientele and organizations that you work with around the world. Give us an example of how you flip from the sabotage to building authentic confidence. So we can show up 100% in a way that is authentic and meaningful and honoring of the good parts of our ego. Um, great question. Yes. Yeah, so, um, let's see. Most recently, I actually have a, a gal, she's a CEO, runs a startup, um, and she's got a couple co-founders. And one thing that she has recently had the aha around, she is a new mom and she's trying to just figure out how to balance her, her life. Right. So she's got the protector control, uh, protector complier thing going on. And with the protector and complier, one, you're never good enough. And, um, you know, your value is always being questioned. And so unfortunately, how this ego has taken a hold of her in this new kind of chapter is helping her recognize or making her feel valuable. She's not working as many hours and she just feels very guilty about it, even though the hours she's working is way beyond what she, um, you know, probably is giving herself credit for. And what we have recently had her do, you know, or so one of the things she's, she actually was going to convince herself to step down. Like I just can't do mom and work at the same time. Even though I know her co-founders, we all talk, they value her so much. She has so much wisdom to offer. And so the value that she's bringing to the table is great. She's just bringing her own work to critic because she has to redefine her, her value and success in this phase of life. And I think a lot of times what happens in, um, you know, this world is that we, we hold on to what we once defined as success. And then as we evolve into these new people, into these new chapters of life, we forget that we have to redefine success. And so by helping her recognize this ego, just this last week, she finally realized through an activity of tracking her time that she was able to see, oh, wow, I really do work a lot throughout the day. I really do balance a lot of things and juggle a lot of things. It's just not doing the tasks anymore. So she's not getting to check off the boxes to feel accomplished at the end of the day because she's in a more high level strategic place versus the doing place. And that's really where successful leadership is. If you're still in the doing, your ego has a hold of you and you're not actually leading. You're just another doer on your team. And so by her being able to redefine that, wow, my value today is more about delegating, um, teaching, training, supporting um, all these major projects and plans and letting other people do it. So where her day is full, but it's more of just having, you know, in-depth conversations, sharing her visions and her strategies versus actually sitting down and doing the dirty work. And that dirty work is where she used to get her value and her worth. And so that was a really big, big moment for her to just say, wow, I am important here, even if I'm just working, you know, in her mind, just 20 hours a week. But on paper, she can see that she's working a solid, you know, 39 to 40. Um, so that, that I think is a big example of how ego management shows up because it is such a simple twist and shift in your behaviors, but really it's more about the mindsets and the beliefs that change and adopt and grow with you to support your new world and where you're at today. Christy, I love that example. And it really hits home that ego impacts 
impacts the success of our our work, our careers, but also our personal lives, our marriages, our parenting mm-hmm. skills, our relationships. So any thoughts as we as we begin to wrap today about how we can be more conscious of our ego and work with it to do good and positive things and not let it uh, go to the dark side of sabotage? Absolutely. I think the biggest thing, you know, we live in a world that's fast paced. There's always something going on. We're always connected. And the only way to stay or the only way to actually manage your ego is to be conscious and intentional, which means you have to be fully present. Unfortunately, 99.9% of the time we are unconsciously going through the motions throughout our day. And so if we don't train our brain and really build that muscle to be present, it's really hard to take control. And Um, usually our family gets the worst of us. So they see the real deep, ugly of our ego, um, work. We usually manage as much as we can throughout the day, even though we still bring a lot of that stress to work, that exhaustion, that burnout, the, you know, energy that's just worn out. And so the easiest way to get ahead of that is one, be intentional from the moment you wake up, start practicing that, that need to be intentional. You know, some people meditate, some people do yoga, some people go for a run, some people listen to a book, whatever your thing is. Um, I'd like to simplify it even more than that and say, you know what, pick one thing. When you wake up in the morning, say, how can I be 1% better today? And just having that thought in your head can shift how you go about your day. So if you say, hey, you know what, I want to be more conscious today. Then set out a reminder in your phone, maybe every hour, every two hours, it just pops up and says, hey, are you controlling something you can control right now? Or are you worried about something you can't? And that simple question, again, brings you back to the present moment. Um, It can be that question or anything else that revolves around being present. What are you focused on right now? How are you feeling right now? Take 10 breaths right now. That's all intentional activity. And when we can bring our brain back to an intentional activity, we can then choose our next thought, action, behavior. We can choose our next mindset to make sure we're in a healthy place and not an ego-driven place. Christy, that's great. 1%. We can do that. That's a baby step. That's realistic. That's practical. I learned so much from you today, and I'm so grateful that you joined me on the show and shared your wisdom with our global audience. I want to tell them how they can continue to connect with you. Your website is mindfulchoicecoaching.com. And another great way to connect is on LinkedIn. Christy Garcia, thank you for being with me today. Thank you, Caroline, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Your Working Life is now available on all major podcast platforms, and I want to hear from you. So let me know how we're doing. You can find me at carolinedowdhiggins.com. And I want to give a special shout out to my extraordinary Your Working Life colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. We now have listeners in 16 countries around the world. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.